Cute. This is the first of the episodes without Andrew, so this is a little bit weird for me. Um, our first focus this season is going to be on international teaching. Um, we're getting into that season where people are starting to move, people are starting to think about it, people are starting to um, get into interview mode and all that kind of stuff. And I have Cal with me today, and Cal is in her first few months of an international experience. So welcome, Cal. It's been an experience. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Um, so Cal has just moved um, from the U.S. And Cal, what I would love to know is what made you um, what made you think about international teaching in the first place? I mean, there's a whole bunch of people that don't even know it exists, as far as they're concerned. International teaching is. You go to like a place like Japan or China and you teach English to people, and that's what they think of it as. Other people know exactly what it is and think that you'd be absolutely crazy to want to do that, be out of your own culture and your own comfort zone and do this, this thing each day for years. Um, it definitely is a part of learning. Uh, I have a good friend who was working with me, a colleague, and she came over to uh, Shanghai. She started teaching and then she loved it. So, um, and she's originally was born and raised in Japan, so it got her closer to home and her family. Um, and she said, I know you would like this. Come out. And I like traveling, so um, I said, why not give this a shot? But I was thinking about it for a couple of years for the mm -hmm. same many reasons like everybody else would. Um, you know, you, you have your whole life at home, and like, why do I want to do that? I can go on vacation and do that, you know. Uh, but I really wanted to, to change and, and to grow in a different way. And I was just curious, you know, how, how they function outside of... Um, especially in, in China, if you have these international schools doing Western kind of programming in um, this very special place with different politics. So I was just curious mm -hmm. you know, when I came over. So have, have things ended up being what you expected? Um, when I came over because of the school, I think I had false expectations for the school. My friend okay. um, went to a very... Um, well-established international school in Shanghai. So it was their Western programming and mm -hmm. academics was really um, what in the West would be taught in the yeah. States. And so they had resources. They had all these things, you know. Um, they have very strict guidelines and things. So mm -hmm. her experience was totally different from my experience here because um, this is a smaller school. It's a, more of a startup school and a startup school in transition. And... Um, this is a very, well, you know, it's stupid. We're in China. This is a very Chinese school. Yep. And how they, it functions and run, meaning the politics of it, you know, where they say one thing, but they mean the other, and you have to kind of guess what management really means. Mm -hmm. um, and so when they say yes to something, but they really meant to say no to you, so you're supposed to gracefully go away. Um, but, I mean, they can't really say no to you because then you lose space, and they're trying to save you that embarrassment. Exactly. So I, I um, it's been an experience to come to the school, mm -hmm. but um, you get that in the States. You know, I was talking to, sure you do. I was talking with a family member and, and my sister, and every school and every district in the States, you, you have that. You have an organization. You have 
communication po- issues, communication issues, politics, uh-huh. you have money and funding issues. So, oh yeah, that was expected, but I didn't expect to have it all on top of the cultural differences and, and norms. That mm-hmm. was kind of, you know. Well, I can tell you, this being um, my fourth international school, that no matter what school you go to, no matter what country it's in, you're still going to have funding issues. It could be the richest school, but there's still going to be a cap somewhere where they're like, no more. That's it. Um, They will still have communication issues. There will still be like, hi, right hand. Let me introduce you to left hand. You guys should talk. Uh, you know, all of that stuff definitely goes on, and it's not unique to any one country. So you can look forward to that at your next school as well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, it's a very human thing, which was, um, which is terrible, mm-hmm. but very reassuring at the same time. Like, oh, it's not so different. So it is. <laughs> How have you found? Um, the students. I know some people will come over with an expectation that the kids will be completely different. Um, I didn't have that kind of expectation for the kids actually, okay. because in the states I've taught you know a diverse group of students. I've taught native you know English speakers. I've taught um, students who were newcomers from other countries, mm-hmm. from China, from students who were refugees from Syria. So mm-hmm. I've taught diverse populations with. Um, different levels of English capabilities. Yeah. So I'm used to kind right. of that, yeah. you know, diverse um, population. So it, w- it wasn't shocking to me when I came. And uh, most of the students don't speak English or don't understand half the things I'm saying, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But the students, in a sense, are the same. They want you to care for them. They want you to uh, understand when they don't understand and yeah. kind of try to help them. Um, they're kids. I teach little kids, so they want to have fun, you know. So they're they'll just be like, you know, teacher, can we just not do that and have movie time again? You know, <laughs> movie time is after we finish this lesson, okay? So they just want to have. There will fun. be no movies in this classroom. <laughs> School is not for fun things. And we just did Halloween, and there was something that they were looking forward to. It's like a you know, it's a Western holiday, but they were looking forward to this for a whole month. And I did give them a Halloween party. I know we weren't supposed to, but I did. And they enjoyed it. And it's these things that kids love about school where it's supposed to be fun. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep, that's, that's very true. Um, what advice would you give to somebody else who is thinking of moving overseas? Um, I think you just have to be um, us. You know, that's another teacher, a colleague of ours told me this, to just go with the flow of things and not have expectations. Mm. Then you just kind of experience it, and then you can make judgment from that. Versus if you have certain expectations and it it doesn't come to fruition, you get very disappointed or disillusioned right away. So I would say that's that's the one thing that I would have done first. But we're human. We're going to have certain ideas in our brains. And, you know... You know, if somebody if, <laughs> if I ended up going to a school in Japan, I know that I would have certain expectations because of the stereotypes mm-hmm. that I have heard and be like, oh, that's what Japan's all about. And so I'm gonna I will have that expectation. Even if I realize intellectually that's not realistic, there will still be that little piece of me going, but this is what Japan's all about. Um so yeah. What 
what was the process that you went through to get over here? Like, did you join one of the big companies for recruiting or did yeah, you just did kind I, of randomly do I, Google searches? ISS, did Google searches. I did a little bit of both because mm-hmm. I, I wasn't familiar with it. And so my um, friend I have mentioned before, she sent me a couple of um, organizations that she applied with. And mm-hmm. so I, I did those two and... They're pre- the pretty big ones. And then I did my own search because I wasn't sure, like, you know, is that the route I want to go? And I just did, you know, random search. Um, I found my current, actually, uh, school through a different site. It was a, like an independent site. And then, because uh, I was already enrolled in ISS, so they just, you know, yeah. did the rest of the application through that way. Right, yeah. So... Uh, that actually, that process was actually pretty easy. I mean, you just post up your information. Mm-hmm. Things are always posted. You know, people contact you. Yeah. Um, might not be the people you want to work with. Might have been the person you want to work with. You never know. So I've had wonderful conversations with um, recruiting people. They seemed really, um, you know, like they understood the teaching process and things like that. But interviews with the schools themselves, I didn't. Uh, there wasn't a, a connection mm-hmm. per se, um, and so I didn't go for some of those offers, you know, that I got. No, it's definitely that would be one word of advice that I would give to people who are just starting out is really trust those gut feelings. You know, if who you're gonna be working with ends up really making or breaking your experience. I was at a school once that I loved. I had a great community of people. But I know others who were in that same school at that same time who had a terrible experience. And you can apply that to any school in any country. You know, even if you're at home, you can have a job that you absolutely hate and people that you do not want to be seeing. Uh, But yes, you really want to, when you're doing those interviews, whether it's in person or over Skype, it's as much your interview as it is their interview. So you do want to be asking questions of them and you want to be getting a feel of how it's going to be to work with this person. Yeah, I did. And it's a good thing. The schools that I did recruit with before or before they had several interview processes. Mm-hmm. So I got to talk to different people in the organizations and then that's mm-hmm. when I decided, okay, yeah, this is probably not the school that I want, you know? Um, and also I, I did have a basic salary requirement because uh, I thought that, you know, as teachers, we should be valued of something. And I know some of these international schools will shell out money. So I said, you know, I have to have a base of something. Mm-hmm. Even though the standard living is lower and things like that, I'm still going to be doing the same amount of work. I pre- prepare for my students the same as I would in the States, you know, because that's just what you come with the, with the profession. It just comes with the territories. So. Yeah, you've got, and you've got training that you need to be doing, and that often comes on your own dime. And the flying back and forth to see family and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, a, a good international school will recognize the fact that an international teacher has a few more expenses over and above what a local teacher has, for sure. All right. Well, do you have anything else you want to add? Um, no, I think it's just been an experience, but then it, uh, it hasn't been all bad. I mean, I've been... There's some things at the school that I wish was different mm-hmm. um, currently, but... I really am appreciative of just maybe the luck of the draw where I have colleagues who are very open-minded and supportive. 
Um, I have supervisors. My direct supervisor is very supportive, mm -hmm. you know, and having like just the transition of a new job, the transition to a new country, a new culture, it, it's difficult. Um, it's not impossible. It's kind of funny because it's very subtle. So mm -hmm. I think that's the thing. Some people think it's a very drastic kind of thing. But especially if you come here to Beijing, it's a big city just like any other city in New York City, any other city that you go live in Toronto. If you live yeah. in a city, it's a city. There's traffic. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of navigate those systems the same. Um, things function here in this similar way where you just, uh, people just want to do work. So they'll help you to get to where you need to go and what you need. So in that sense, it's pretty much the same. So it wasn't that. Uh, a big shop, but it's mm -hmm. just like the littler things, the subtler things that you didn't notice that that gets to you, you know. And the fact that, you know, doing their, your first few things, like doing grocery shopping and whatnot, take, everything takes twice as long as you're used mm -hmm. to because you're figuring stuff out. No, it's true, and just to be a little bit more patient, but there are, there f you, if you're patient, people are willing to help you anywhere. Um, even colleagues, even um, our foreign colleagues, our local teachers who partner with us, um, you know, I just humble myself because I said, hey, this is their territory. They've been teaching here for a while. Let me ask them questions. Let me not come in here and say, this is my classroom. It belongs to me. Um, I'm pretty open. I say, yeah, this is our classroom. You know, I consciously made space for the teacher to come mm -hmm. in, have their own desk area. I, you know, the... My supply closet is open for both of us. It's like, if you need it, just take it, you know. So uh, to try to build relationships is mm -hmm. important, you know what I mean? Anywhere you go, and when it's like chaos, you know, <laughs> those are the people you turn to. I would go to my uh, you know, local teacher and be like, this is happening. Do you have any idea? And she's like, I have no idea, but I will figure this out for us and yeah. figure our schedule out. Don't worry. So it's just helpful to to build those relationships and not rush into the madness of not knowing what's happening. Yeah, and going for on. sure. And I know that you know if you're if you make that original gesture, then they will grab on and they will be there for you the whole way. Um, but they are they are waiting for you to actually make that overture because otherwise it's going to be like okay and that's that's their space i'm not going to intrude mm -hmm. so yeah definitely that's that's a good thing to say all right well thank you very much for joining us today and good luck with the rest of the roller coaster ride which is the first year of international teaching <laughs> thank you but i i enjoyed it and i think people will too if they are open they will enjoy it they will for sure all right everybody thanks so much for tuning in um, we will be back again in a few weeks with another episode. Probably won't be able to do as many episodes this year as I've done in the past, but I'm going to do my best to get as many of them out there for you. Have a great one.